Good day, good day, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Big Rivers P Podcast, and we are here talking about the NBA playoffs. It has begun. Sorry that I'm late with my predictions on the first round and the play-ins and all that good stuff. I've been busy. I've been very busy, and I'm getting some things together, and that's why I'm here right now. Now, I'll tell you right now, the way that the play-in games turned out wasn't my prediction, so I would have failed miserably, miserably. But we are going to do my predictions for the first round, and I'm just going to say this. This is a very interesting setup. Very interesting setup, okay? Um, a lot of these teams have matchups that are not favorable to them whatsoever. I have a feeling we could have a few surprises in the first round. Now, am I going to predict that? It's only one way to find out. Let's start with the East. The East, we got Philly and Brooklyn. Now, Brooklyn is coming off that massive trade from Phoenix, as well as Dallas. Picked up a lot of key pieces, but no stars are on roster. And Philly is one of those teams that they have been very dominant with the East this year. Um, I honestly think that this could be a very... Very bad situation for the Nets. This could easily be a sweep. Um, I'm going to give Brooklyn a game, but I would not be surprised if this isn't a straight-out sweep. Um, I don't know what we're going to get out of James Harden after the first round, because we all know first round James Harden is a beast. Unless it goes six games or more, then he just fades. I I don't I still to this day don't understand how James Harden just takes a foot off the gas pedal and can't play basketball if it goes six or seven. But I do have Philly going four, maybe five, and they might make it look easy. Like I think Brooklyn will win that game three back in Brooklyn, but. Or they, or they'll probably have a chance to win late and during Game Four, but they have no chance of winning this series. It's not no. Next game up, we have the Atlanta Hawks against the Boston Celtics, and the Atlanta Hawks was the team that uh, ah, sorry, something's in my eye. The Atlanta Hawks, oh is the team that won the uh, the play-in game that I didn't think they would beat the Miami Heat. But they beat the Heat. And from what I'm going to say later, excuse me, um, you might think differently about... <laughs> When, when you guys listen to this. Um, 
So, I don't think Philly, I'm sorry, I don't think Atlanta is in a situation where joining the playoffs over losing the play-in was good for them. This team has so many issues. I do like Quinn Snyder as a coach. I liked him when he was with Utah. I hated the fact that they got rid of him, but obviously, you know, things change, things happen. Players leave. And he was the scapegoat. Now, Nate McMillan started the season with Atlanta pretty rough. The guys just didn't respond to Nate McMillan. And I think it was a situation where whereas the voice in the room just got boring to him. So now we look at Quinn Snyder comes in. The guys are doing the exact same thing that Nate Miller wanted them to do, and they have success. But I think it's just the new voice in the room that allowed this to occur. But they're going against the Boston Celtics, and Boston Celtics is one of those defensive teams that they're not going to quit. Uh, Williams, Smart, Brown are by far some of the best defenders in the league. And Jason Tatum, if he decides to lock in on defense, which he he knows he doesn't have to, but he can, you you strapped one through, uh, two through five. But you're in a situation where the guys can can switch. So your non-shooters, your John Collins, uh, those guys can be left alone and ran out on with hands up. But I got a feeling Marcus Smart is just going to just make Trey Young work. Work. And I think Tatum and Brown is going to make DeJounte Murray work. And Williams is just a little more active than Clint Capella in the post. I've I, For a lot of you guys that know me, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while and been paying attention to my post since uh, Williams, Robert Williams has come in the league, I was highly upset when Robert Williams dropped to the second round. I was even more highly upset that he fell to Boston because I knew he was a perennial starter. I said the same thing about Draymond Green when he dropped to the second round. Even though it was early second round, he got picked. The guy is a starter in the league. Much as I don't like Draymond. But he's a starter in the league. Robert Williams, I knew the second he said he was declaring for the draft was going to be a dog. That was back when I actually watched a good amount of Big 12 basketball. And for some of y'all that's going to say, uh, Texas A&M wasn't in Big 12 at the time. Yes, it was. I'm sorry, not Big 10. Big 12. I think he did one one year Big 12, one year SEC, if I remember. But he was always active. He was a jumping bean. He was attacking the rim for rebounds. He reminded me of Ben Wallace. And obviously, Ben Wallace wasn't going to get much shine because he was coming out of Virginia Union. But Robert Williams was doing this Texas A&M. So I get Boston and Atlanta series, same situation with Philly and the Nets. Uh, 
easily is going to be four. Be very surprised if it goes five. I just think that Boston is going to be one of those teams. They're going to use every bit of energy to get get these four games out the way and rest up for the next round. Next, we have the Knicks and the Cavs. This is by far the most intriguing series in the East for me. The Knicks with Brunson, Randall, uh, R.J. Barrett can be very, very, very explosive. Those three guys alone can make the Knicks look like this is their year. It can happen. It can happen. And I love this Cleveland team. Mobley, Allen, Mitchell. Um, oh, why does the point guard... Uh, Garland. These guys are players. I just don't know. I would not be surprised if this series goes seven. I'm going to say Cleveland in six. But I would not be surprised if it's New York in six or flip it in seven. Flip a coin in seven. I just don't know. And it's not a bad thing that I don't know. It's just the fact that This series is one of those series. And the last one in the East. You got the Miami Heat. And the... uh, Sorry, you guys know I'm in the car doing all my stuff. So if you guys hear cars in the background. um, And I'm not looking at no list or anything while I'm driving. I'm safe, y'all. I'm safe. I promise. Uh... The Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. Ah. With Middleton coming back, I don't know how healthy he is. He's been playing pretty solid. I'll tell you guys something. Miami Heat is a very interesting team, which is why I said I don't have a clue how they lost to the Hawks. Miami Heat is one of those teams that if they catch fire, Tyler Harrow, um, Robinson, and the other guy, the other shooter, uh, fades my mind a little bit. Um, jeez, I gotta do better with these names. Um, uh, Struess, Strauss, Struess. If those guys catch fire, Milwaukee will have to work. 
this is not your normal 1-8 matchup. Miami is not an 8 seed. The fact that they fell to the 8 seed baffles me. I really thought they would be 6 and be playing uh, Cleveland. And I thought that would be a great matchup for Miami. But I think them falling to 8 and playing Milwaukee is just suicide. Milwaukee is just a team full of dogs. But it's not going to be a five-game series. I think it'll go six with Milwaukee on top. If Middleton just so happens to miss a game, it could easily go seven. Um, I hate going against Jimmy Butler. And I know he hasn't won a ring yet, but this guy just plays the game that I love to watch. He takes it to the body, he goes to the basket, he handles his business, he's playing defense. He doesn't complain unless you don't give effort. I love those type of guys. I love those type of players. He could play on my team anytime. Run up to a guy and be like, listen, man, you could have did this, this, and this. And if that person complains, I'm not looking at Jimmy Butler. I'm looking at the guy who's complaining. The guy telling you to give a little more effort on defense, a little more effort on offense, because he knows you're capable of doing it, and you're complaining? Carl Anthony Towns? Sorry? So I'm going... I hate going against Jimmy Butler, especially in the first round. I'm going with the Bucks. And I'm going to say in six, but I'm not going to be surprised if it goes seven. All right. So I'm going to take a sip of water. I got to throw in these ads. You know, I got to get got to get some funding for this. Yeah, people. Uh, and then I'll come back with the Western Conference. All right. OK. Western Conference, people. <laughs> Listen. The Western Conference is going to be the most fun. Now, I did mention that the the Knicks and the Cavs series was going to be something crazy. But when, you, when it comes to the West, I think we're going to have a lot more fun games. A lot more fun games. And it's basically based on the matchups. Uh, the first matchup we're going to talk about is the Kings and the Warriors. Might be the best series in the playoffs. The entire playoffs. Not just first round. Not just second round. I think this is going to be a battle every single game. And it won't be a game where we won't say, None. I would not be surprised if the energy level out of the first round of this knocks the team that wins out the next round because they use all their energy in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised. But let's be honest. Golden State is a team full of shooters that if they catch fire, good luck. And I hate to say it, I have been wanting to watch the Sacramento Kings since day one of the season. You can ask anybody. You can... 
You can say that I'm a liar, and I promise you, you can ask anybody that knows me, I have been on Sacramento's bandwagon since the day they hired Mike Brown. I was really on Sacramento's bandwagon when Malik Monk went there. I thought Malik Monk was in a horrible situation with the Lakers. Let's be honest. I think a lot of players are in a horrible situation with the Lakers. But Malik Monk cannot do what he does playing alongside those type of players. You put him alongside a guy like Sabonis and a guy that he's familiar with with the uh, De'Aaron Fox and a guy that could take some pressure off of him in Harrison Barnes, you got yourself a better player. The, the thing that I love talking to people about with basketball and they refuse to hear is that certain players just don't fit with certain players. And when I identify these players that don't fit with these players, the first thing they say is, oh, you're just a hater for on this player. I'm trying to tell you the game of basketball. That's it. I'm just trying to tell you the game of basketball. I told you guys Russell Westbrook didn't fit with Mel, uh, LeBron. I told you Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and that wasn't going to work. I was a little skeptical with James Harden and and, and um, Joel Embiid still. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic is not going to work. Neither one of them play defense. It's not going to work. Your guards don't play defense? <laughs> this is a league of guards, and your guards don't play defense. Yeah, all right. They'll get the stats, and everybody's going to look at me like, this man was balling. 30, 10, and, and 17. Who cares? You lost because you couldn't stop the dude you guarding from getting 40. Listen, I tell people all the time, I tell the girls that I coach all the time, I don't care if you score 10. I don't care if you, care if you score 20. If the person you're guarding scores 10 or 20, you have just been playing even basketball and have done nothing to show your worth. Because ultimately, you score 10, you give up 10, it's tie game. You score 10 and give up 12, we lose. You have to play both. Basketball is not football. You do not have to focus on one type of game. You don't. If you do, you are destined to cry. Because you're going to lose. You don't know how to slide your feet on defense, but you know how to handle your footwork on offense? Well, guess what? I'm just going to work harder on defense and and just put an equal amount of effort on offense, and I got you. You know why? Because I can stop you, get the ball, and just score a layup. I don't have to do all those tricks and, and, and gags and all these other moves and learn how to do this and that. I can just do the basic stuff to get from point A to point B. Because all I got to do is strip you and go the other way. Because I picked, I found out your timing on offense. Everything is about timing when it comes to offense. Your footwork, your crossovers, your 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 moves, uh, your body language. I can do 45 different things on defense. That's why Marcus Smart is a great defender. Marcus Smart learns every player's moves. 
That's why Dennis Rodman was a great rebounder. The man counted how many times the ball spun before it hit the rim. He could tell when the ball spun a certain way off your hand how it was going to ball how it was going to bounce off the rim. Some players are just different. And Marcus Smart is just good enough on offense that he's not a liability. I will take a Marcus Smart over a Kyrie Irving any day. And I know people are going to listen to this and, and call me an idiot. Well, guess what? Defense wins championships. I clown Draymond Green all the time, but he gives effort on defense, even though half the time it's a foul. I'm not going to talk about that right now, but we're going to talk about this particular situation. I think Draymond Green is not going to be able to handle Sabonis. Uh, I think De'Aaron Fox is not going to mess around. But De'Aaron Fox's situation is the fact that he's guarding Jordan Poole and Stephen Curry. That is a lot. Malik Monk, you're guarding Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole. That is a lot. Who knows what we're going to get out of Andrew Wiggins? Andrew Wiggins is no scrub. But Harrison Barnes has been very serviceable since he joined the NBA. I will be honest. I want the Kings to win. I don't know if they will. I'm going with the Kings in seven, but it could easily be Warriors in six. Easily. If the Warriors catch fire, forget it. They're winning four straight. It's not up for debate. It's just going to happen. But I'm picking the Kings in seven. And I think we're going to have entirely too much fun every single game. Now let's go to the next one, the Lakers and the Grizzlies. I'll be honest. Out of... Out of the two series that the Lakers could have chosen to come in from the play-in, I think this was the best one and not against Denver. I think if they got Denver, Denver would have easily put them away. I think it would have gone five or six. The Grizzlies is a very interesting team because of injuries. I think that losing Steven Adams is going to come back and haunt them. Now, I know about the other injuries, but Steven Adams is a value that just isn't, that is just going to be missed. And I mean big time. For one major reason, Anthony Davis hates playing sitters, hates playing center because he has to guard and and try to beat up those type of big men. 
And let's be honest. If Steven Adams is there, Anthony Davis is going to get beat up. And mentally, it'll check him out. But I think Jaron Jackson Jr., with his a little bit slender body going against Anthony Davis, I think it's a matchup that Anthony Davis could easily take advantage of, especially with the foul trouble that uh, Jackson has been getting in this year, even though he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. In my opinion, um, let's be honest, this series is a toss-up. I mean, they, Lakers go against Denver, I'm not calling it a toss-up. The size of the Lakers could easily do some damage. With Vanderbilt, with Hachimura, with Reeves, with Braun, with AD, the size is there. Now, with that being said, the speed of Memphis is very noticeable. But Dylan, Ja, Bain, Jackson cannot have a day off. One of them has a day off, they will lose. I think this series is going to go six. I think guys like Austin Reeves and pick your poison of one of the players off the bench will only have one good game apiece. And I think it'll go six and Memphis will take it in six. I'm not strong about that one. This could easily go LA's way in seven, which would be hard to win a seven game in Memphis. I can easily see this series going seven. Because Memphis winning in LA in six or LA winning in Memphis in seven is very hard to see. Uh, I'm going to go Memphis in six. I'm not confident in that one. I really think Lakers could take this. I think the Lakers could take this in six. I really do. I'm not confident in that one. Um, that, that's a, a, a point. Uh, next one. Next one. The Clippers and the Suns. Let me tell you something about this series. Um, The Los Angeles Clippers is going to beat the Phoenix Suns. I don't know how many games. This has to be the worst nightmare for the Phoenix Suns. And that is without Paul George. I honestly think they might play better in this particular series without Paul George. Just this series. They got some defensive dogs with the Clippers, man. And I don't know who's going to who's going to guard CP Booker and Durant. Uh, 
But listen, um, one of these guys is going to have an off night in Phoenix. One of these guys is going to have an off night. Uh, and you already know Kawhi is going to show out. If any of those guys in Phoenix has an off night, it's a wrap. It's a done deal. I think they gave up entirely too many pieces for Kevin Durant. And I think this is the series that's going to show. Because if they don't have Kevin Durant but keep all those pieces, I'm going Phoenix easy. But this matchup is just tailored toward the Clippers, man. Um, I think it's going to go six. I think they'll win it in L.A. Because I think you're going to get two games where Kevin Durant is just going to play out of his mind. I'm going Clippers at six. Uh, And last but not least, the T-Wolves and the Nuggets. Listen, anybody the T-Wolves would have played the first round is not going to look good on them. I I did like the Rudy Gobert trade from Jump Street. Um, I really hated more after watching a few games where, yes, they play well. Yes, they'll do what they do. But you have one of the best centers in the league never going into the paint. That's disturbing. Carl Anthony Towns hanging around three-point line is the reason why I hate NBA basketball right now. If I am 6'8", guarding a guy 7 foot, and he doesn't take me in the post and just dominate me, I win. Yes, Carl Anthony Towns is going to get his points because he's shooting threes. He'll drive three or four times a game and get fouled and go to the free throw line. Carl Anthony Towns needs to be on the block 70 to 80% of the basketball game. Non-negotiable. And with Rudy Gobert there, it's not going to happen. Now, with that being said, if that does happen where both of them in the paint, Anthony Edwards cannot play his game. This is one of those series where the matchups match up. Gordon, who is 6'9", 6'8", is guarding Carl Anthony Towns. There should be no reason Carl Anthony Towns is on the three-point line with a guy that's four inches shorter than him. Anthony Edwards against uh, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., that is going to be a matchup I'm going to love to see. Jamal Murray and Mike Conley. If Jamal Murray does not take advantage of Mike Conley, I wouldn't be I would be surprised. Mike Conley's no scrub now. Don't don't get me wrong, but come on. And we all know Rudy Gobert against a, a tough matchup like Joker. Good luck. But let's be honest. The T Wolves is one of those teams that they felt their rise coming last year, but they're the exact same team this year. They'll be out in the first round. Uh, I don't think it'll be a sweep. I think it'll go five. But I just, 
I I I think whoever got the eighth seed here was just not going to win. It was a no-win situation. Denver is just coming into the playoffs extremely high on life. So, you guys have my predictions. Let me know how you feel. Send me a message. Uh, hop up on Spotify. Follow your guy. Like and share. Uh, talk about this, man. I'm, I'm going to do a little bit better. Uh, my free time is opening up a little bit more. Podcast is about to start flying. Uh, I still got to catch up on my movies, y'all. Uh, I was going to go this weekend, but a lot of things popped up. I had to handle some business. Um, but, yeah. I'm back on my grind. I got a few messages from uh, a couple movies that passed. So I got to comment on that. Uh, so that's coming soon. Um, so look out for those. I will talk to you guys soon. Appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for taking 30 minutes of your day to just hear my opinions, man. I'm blessed. Uh, This is just a passion thing that I'm doing along with coaching. I love coaching these these players, these young ladies, teaching them new things and having them go at it. That is just my thing. Uh, Another thing, if you guys follow me on Twitter, TheBigger716, I do a lot of back and forth with people who think they know basketball. I think my Twitter page is a lot of fun, y'all. And I'll be the first person to say, uh, some people that that think they know basketball just need to shut up. I literally, okay, I'll tell you guys this one discussion that I had before I get out the car. A guy posted up a video of, of Joker doing a move, and it was a clear travel. The reason why I said it was a clear travel because there's a rule that if you jump off of one foot, you cannot land on the same foot. That's a travel. In the video, he did that. Okay? The guy tried to explain to me that because of how fast the right foot came down, it looked like he landed on both feet. He even sent me a message of it going in slow motion. So I asked him, I said, listen, if you jump off of one foot and land on the same foot, is it a travel? He said, yes. I said, okay, why are we having this discussion? He sent me a picture in slow motion. You know what I did? Take snapshots. Left foot, two hands on the basketball. When he jumped off of one foot, left foot first when he landed on one foot, the exact same foot. I said, thank you. Have a good day. It was good discussing this with you. Um, if you feel like you want to continue to talk about this, um, I'm not going to waste the energy. Guess what he did? Send me another message. If you want to learn how to, how to referee a basketball game, we could talk. Bro, why am I going to talk to you? You don't, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. But those are the type of conversations that I have on my Twitter page. So if you guys want to follow me and listen to some of these things, feel free. Now, appreciate you guys. Time to go to work. I'll holler at you guys later. Peace out.